Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. We keep seeing reports about how Pittsburgh is one of the most affordable places in the country to live, that the house prices, median house prices, are actually going down. It's one of the five markets in the United States where the housing bubble seems to have crested and prices are going back down. But at the same time, we're also seeing reports that low-income residents, especially uh, black residents and indigenous people and people of color, are having trouble uh, acquiring houses. But it's a paradox, too, because we know how many empty houses there are. Population has gone down throughout the Pittsburgh area over the last 50 years. How do we match up the people who need the housing with the vacant houses that are available? How do we make them quality houses? And, and how do we get people to be able to put down roots and invest in the communities? There are a lot of groups working in that space. One of the groups that has come on really strong and is working hard in the Mon Valley area right now is called Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh. Alan Sisko is the CEO. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Looking forward to this conversation. Well, we, well, thank you for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Uh, tell us, first of all, um, what Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh is and how long the group has been around. Absolutely. Um, so, Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh is a, uh, is a nonprofit organization that has been in operation since 1993. We have one of the coolest and most, um, most, most uh, simple missions out there. Uh, we renovate homes for lower income homeowners. So we help uh, existing, often long term homeowners to access repairs and modifications to their homes so that they can stay in them as long as they want, so that they are safer and healthier for them, so that folks who have lived in a neighborhood or a community for a long time have the opportunity to stay there. Um, and, And we just believe that it's an incredibly important thing for Pittsburgh neighborhoods, whether they are experiencing um, you know, uh, rising prices and gentrification, or whether they're experiencing, uh, you know, blight and vacancy, whichever sort of side of that equilibrium your community is in, it is important for existing long-term members of that community to have an opportunity to stay there. And that's uh, what Rebuilding Together does through home repair. What neighborhoods in Pittsburgh did Rebuilding Together get started in in the first place? Where was it its initial focus area? So we've always been uh, an Allegheny County um, focused organization. So we work uh, we work all over Allegheny County historically. Uh, but, you know, I'd say about 10 or 15 years ago, we started to truly understand that in order to have the kind of impact that we wanted to have, uh, we needed to focus in certain neighborhoods. We needed to focus in communities where the need was the strongest for what we do and where the opportunity was for us to make the biggest impact. So 
Um, we've been working, we've worked in places like East Liberty um, before the, the, before the transition um, and the changes that that community has experienced. Uh, we worked in, we work in Hazelwood, uh, which is a, which is a neighborhood that is sort of on the, on the cusp of transition. Um, we spent five or six years in the Hazelwood community uh, before any of the new developments, before the, you know, the, the business district starting to take off. And our, our goal in that community was to help the existing long-term home ownership base stay there um, and benefit from the market change that everyone saw coming. And we did 200 houses in that community uh, over a five or six year span. And so uh, East Liberty, uh, Hazelwood are some of our um, some of our uh, sort of long-term places that we've worked. Mm-hmm. Most recently, we've been uh, investing heavily in the Mon Valley communities, mm-hmm. uh, Keysport, Clareton, uh, this year in Duquesne yeah, for the okay. first time, um, okay. as well as uh, some of the the uh, city, the Pittsburgh city neighborhoods um, like uh, Homewood or the Hill District yeah. or Lincoln, Lemington. Uh, Belmar, where we're looking to preserve some of that uh, historically black homeownership. Let me, um, can, can as, I inter- let me interrupt yeah. you for just a second. Alan Cisco is CEO of Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh. Can you give folks your, your website, please, if they, so they can get more information? Absolutely. Uh, so you can find us at rtpittsburgh.org. I want to jump back uh, for just a moment because you used the word transition. You said Hazelwood is one of those neighborhoods that you said is in the cusp of transition. You said East Liberty has transitioned. And I'm I'm wondering, I I think I have an idea of what that means, but what do you mean when you say the neighborhood has transitioned? So it's it's changing in the case of Hazelwood or it has changed in the case of East Liberty. Um, And what has changed about it is both the uh, the sort of condition of the housing and uh, but also the makeup of the people who are who call it home. Uh, it is no secret that uh, folks who uh, lived and thrived in East Liberty, you know, 50 years ago, uh, looked different uh, racially, socioeconomically than the folks who are currently uh, make up the majority of that neighborhood or are entering into that neighborhood. Uh, East Liberty has gentrified, right? Yeah. Like that is a thing that has happened. Yeah. And, um, and you know, what, what happens when, like, when that, that's a, gentrification is a complicated yeah. uh, problem and or not problem, depending on who you ask. Sure. Um, and there's, you know, there are um, benefits and costs to that, to that sort of market wave and rebuilding together, um, we don't really, we don't really make a big, we don't make a big dent on that. A lot of, a lot of gentrification happens in large scale development, yeah. um, rental housing, uh, retail, things like that, where rebuilding together fits in and where we see ourselves adding value to the neighborhood itself is in trying to create a, the opportunity for as many long-term residents to stay and realize in a gentrifying community, realize some of the value that's going to come with the change in their in their house, right? So if we can make a repair yeah. and keep them safe and healthy in their house um, for another ten years, then the market's the the value of that house is going to be worth a lot more. Well, it's the, it's the folks who and Alan Cisco is our guest from Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh here on Two Rivers Thirty Minutes. It's the folks who have stuck with the neighborhood through the good times and the bad times. You know, in Pittsburgh, for for better or for worse, a lot of people 
still live within a mile or two of, of where they grew up, right, in, in the Pittsburgh area. So these are folks who – so, yeah, there you go. So, 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 well, so do I. So East Liberty, they saw East Liberty decline, and they stuck with it, and then they started to see East Liberty prosper again. But then the housing values go up, and they are f- forced out into, into one of the suburbs or something. So they're, they're, they didn't get to share, as you said – in, in in the rebirth of the community, um, and and right. that that is that's what the problem of gentrification is. Yeah, and and it's and it's a it's it's systemic, right? Like it's not uh, it's it's not quite as simple as you know the cost of the housing goes up because what what happens in sort of like uh, early stages is um, investors and outside parties see that economic change happening but oftentimes sure um they're, before, using, they're using computer models and things to predict uh-huh. this so you you mm-hmm. haven't noticed that things are moving but they've noticed correct yeah. and what happens is those folks uh look to take advantage of the long time uh often the long time residents because those are folks who are of a lower income uh maybe they have uh deferred maintenance or disrepair of their house maybe they're old. And, they might be older residents if they've stuck yeah, there for a long time yeah yeah they often are most of the most of our clients are seniors. Um, okay. Most of the folks we help every year are seniors. Okay, um, and and so what happens is they get targeted. They get targeted um, with cash offers. You know, we buy houses. If you yeah. see those signs. Uh, feel free to take those down. Um, <laughs> you know, like they get <laughs> they get targeted by by investors and other speculative types. And the home, for the homeowner, they're like, man, my roof is leaky. Um, I have, I'm getting older. I'm having a hard time keeping up with this big house that I raised my family in. Maybe I'll take that cash offer. That money means a lot to me That 10, 15, $20,000. That's a huge sum. And I'll but go find an could, apartment or I'll go mm-hmm, move in with my relatives mm-hmm. or I'll move to Florida yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what we, what we try to do and what we try, like what, one of the reasons we go in together exists is, you know, if it weren't for that deferred maintenance, if it weren't for that cost, the if if, the, if our homeowners had the opportunity to keep their houses maintained, keep them safe and healthy, um, if they weren't, you know, we we can prevent them from being as at risk for that sort of speculative or predatory uh, behavior. Um, and so we hope that our homeowners, our long-term homeowners who have, you know, who make up the, the fabric of these neighborhoods, aren't put in that position. Um, and so we use home repairs as a way to sort of increase their leverage in the in the whole game. I, I want to get in, into the mechanism of that because there are probably people listening to us who are eligible for this. I know um, on a couple of the radio stations that we are on, they do have a, a, a fair proportion of uh, older folks who listen, but we do have to take a break. Alan Cisco is our guest this morning. He's the CEO of Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh. Uh, they help keep homeowners in their homes is, is the simplest way to put it. RTPittsburgh.org, uh, Alan, you said is the website? Um, RTPittsburgh.org. When we come back, uh, let's talk about the mechanism of how you connect with homeowners, what kind of work you can do, and also where the funding comes from to make your programs possible, okay? Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. We'll be right back. 
Support for this broadcast comes from Strifler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Strifler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Strifler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Strifler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Strifler's.com or call 4 one two six seven eight six one nine one. Back with Alan Cisco from Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh. So, a lot of times we we hear, you know everybody watches these house hunter shows now, home and garden TV yeah. shows, and my my wife loves the do it yourself shows and sell this house, fix this house, whatever kind of this house uh, programs. Um, and we often hear, well, this house has good bones. This house is a sturdy old house. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, in the city of McKeesport and some of the other surrounding communities, there have been a big push to tear down uh, vacant homes. And people often regret that. They say, you know, oh, look at how beautiful that house was once. And now the, the city or the township or the borough is, is tearing it down. Or now they're, they're leveling it. These old houses have such good bones we see on the, the do-it-yourself shows. So why do they need work? What's, what sorts of things are going wrong with these older houses? Uh, that's a really good question. And yeah, the, the thing about our housing stock in Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh and the Mon Valley is that it was built for a, a population um, that doesn't exist in both the, both the size, um, uh, as everyone knows, we've lost a lot of population over mm-hmm. years, but also, um, but also for an era that we don't live in anymore. Um, the, the houses, uh, many of the houses in some of these older neighborhoods have lots and lots of, uh, what, uh, there's sort of two problems. There's systemic problems with how they were built and how they match up with what we want today in a safe and healthy house. And then there's deferred maintenance, yeah, okay. right? Um, there are things that, uh, should have been repaired, could have been repaired, uh, but are haven't mostly because the home is either, you know, vacant house, like you mentioned, or the owner of that home is in an economic situation where they can't afford it. So, so a systemic um, problem some, would be something like uh, knob and tube electrical wire, sure, or uh, um, uh, or accessibility, right? So one all of those stairs I always, Yep, stairs everywhere. And one of the things I say all the time, like in, if you're going to live in this part of the country, uh, you're going to have one of two problems. You're either going to be on the top of a hill, and you're going to have foundation and stair problems. Or you're going to be on the bottom of the hill and you're going to have water and moisture problems. Those are pretty much the only two options. Um, and and everybody's house has one or both of those of those things. Sure. Um, and so back to your original question about the housing stock. Yeah. A lot of stuff. A lot of homes um, can be and should be preserved, right? Because yeah, there are many of our homes are beautiful architecturally and historically. Demolition and um, and other other projects that uh, make space for new housing. There's also a really important part of the toolbox because we don't have the population to support the number of uh, single family homes that we have. Um, and it's important to it's important to make homes safe and healthy for the folks who live in them. Um, one of the one of the things that we build them together focuses on. Uh, is a concept called healthy housing. And uh, it, it's, it's the idea that uh, in where you live, your home environment, where you spend most of your time, uh, 
characteristics of that environment can have a direct impact on your health. Let me give you some examples. Mm -hmm. Like, so a radon is something not a lot of people are aware of, especially folks who've lived in their homes for a long time that never had a radon test, right? We have a lot of radon in Western Pennsylvania. Where does, a, that, come, where does that come from? It's from the it coal mines and gas yeah. wells? Yeah. It, 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 I don't know. It comes from the ground. It's, sure. naturally occurring, it, it's a naturally occurring gas. But um, for one reason or another, we have a lot of it in our region. And it comes up through your foundation. And, and you don't smell it. You don't taste it. You don't know it's there. And it is over a long, extended period of time can cause lung cancer okay. in, a high enough, in a high enough rate. It is... Uh, either the second or it might have recently passed uh, smoking as the first wow. most common cause of lung cancer in the, in the United States. And people don't know that it's there. What well, we're building together. So your house is in a certain spot that has a certain condition where radon gas is seeping up through the foundation. And it, it, and it can cause you as the occupant to have lung cancer down the road. Your house has a direct effect on your health. Wow. What we're building together, what we're building together does is almost all the houses we work on of any sort of size and scope, we'll, we'll do a radon test. Yeah. Um, we'll test the home for radon, and if it's over, uh, if it's over the, the the limit where it's dangerous, we'll install a radon mitigation system as part of our scope of work. Now, a radon mitigation system is a specialized thing. It's a little fan that blows yeah. out the side of your house, and it's like twelve hundred bucks, fifteen hundred dollars. For twelve or fifteen hundred dollars, rebuilding together can help prevent a homeowner from getting lung cancer. Yeah, that's it's like a pretty good price. Seems like a good trade off for 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 that kind of outcome. Alan Alan Cisco is CEO of Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh. RTPittsburgh.org for more information. How about um, I was talking to someone recently from the Allegheny County uh, Lead Safe Homes program. Uh, They were talking about lead paint, especially on the outside of some of the homes. And um, what she was telling me is is somewhat shocking: is that lead paint has surpassed uh, asthma as the number one environmental. Uh, health hazard for young children, children under under the age of six. And she said it, it really for, for homes built before 1970, which virtually all of the houses in the center city of Pittsburgh and in the, the immediate ring suburbs like Swissvale, Braddock, Duquesne, McKeesport, Homestead, virtually all of them. Are, are from that yeah. are from that era. Is that something else that rebuilding together Pittsburgh can help address? Yeah. So yeah. So we work. Uh, uh, we do construction um, of all kinds, and uh, oftentimes the, the the repairs that we're doing, whether they be um, you know installation of you know a bunch of windows or reno like patching and repairing drywall and plaster. Um, if if the if the repair we're doing is likely to disturb a lot of lead, mm-hmm. um, rebuilding together will you know, do a lead test, yeah. hire a lead contractor, or most often, frankly, we will partner with uh, Jen Sachs, who is probably your guest. Okay. Um, and, and we will partner with her program yeah. as they're the sort of specialized, like okay. the specialized program for lead mitigation in the county. Now we've right? also we've um, also had Lou Ethel Nisbet from Action Housing on to talk about weatherization. Mm-hmm. Do you partner with with groups such as her exactly, as well? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. So at Rebuilding Together, we sort of see ourselves as the like one of the primary like coordinating bodies for a lot of these different repairs. So the problem with our, um, like the, the ecosystem of housing supports for single family homeowners Mm -hmm. 
is that it's incredibly disjointed, sure. right? Uh, you talk to Action Housing about weatherization. You talk to Jen Sachs about the lead program. Um, the county and the city have different loan products. Sure. Um, Women for a Healthy Environment yeah. are, are, are an expert in yeah. asthma and asthma prevention programming, right? But so often um, the house and the homeowner need some combination of all of that stuff. Yeah. And because homes are a system, they're not, they're not just sort of a stack of Lego bricks that you can replace one thing at a time. Yeah. They're, the house is a system and it's, and it's, it's good parts and it's deficiencies are interrelated. Okay. So rebuilding together tries to be a coordinating entity. So we will work like closely with the homeowner to understand what the house needs and what they need. And we'll use, uh, we'll connect them to the county uh, led program. We'll connect them to the weatherization program. Utility companies offer lots of support. Um, and then there's accessibility programs. And then rebuilding together, we'll use our project funds, our dollars to try to fill in the gaps around that stuff. Yeah. Right. So that the homeowner has the most, the opportunity to get the most comprehensive repair possible. Um, that's like a vision of ours is to make the, the ecosystem of, of, of housing supports for single family home, single family homeowners uh, more effective for the actual people okay. that need the help. We're talking with Alan Cisco from Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh. The time goes quickly. We have another break coming up. When we come back, I want to talk specifically uh, about the partnerships that you are growing in McKeesport and Clareton and also the one that uh, Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh has started in Duquesne. Okay. Great. Uh, Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Back for a final few minutes with Alan Cisco from Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh, rtpittsburgh.org. Uh, they work throughout the city of Pittsburgh. And you said throughout Allegheny County. So for our listeners who are in the, the West Hills and the North Hills, uh, they can reach out to you as well. They absolutely can. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we love to hear from anybody who has a need. And even if we can't help them, uh, we are a good repository for resources that might be able to. Yeah, and you might be able to facilitate one of these other organizations mm-hmm. coming out and helping. Good. Um, yep. You... you Recently have made a big push uh, as part of uh, a neighborhood uh, improvement program in McKeesport. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Who approached Rebuilding Together Pittsburgh uh, about com- coming and doing some work in the city of McKeesport? So, uh, so often uh, our efforts in an individual neighborhood um, are you know, become the are sort of a result of a collaboration or a coming together of a bunch of different folks um, trying to make something meaningful happen. Uh, in the case of McKeesport, uh, I would say the one of the primary drivers of that is uh, our, our current mayor of McKeesport and his team. Um, they deeply care about the city and want to see it, uh, want to see it grow and want to see the folks who um, call McKeesport home, uh, you know, want to see them receive the services they need to thrive. And so the mayor's office was really sort of the tip of the spear in getting that started for us. And, you know, we had many conversations about opportunities and what Rebuilding Together can bring to the table. And since then, we've worked with partners like uh, the, the state of Pennsylvania, the Department of Community and Economic Development, 
um, some corporate uh, some corporate funders and and friends such as UPMC Health Plan and First Commonwealth Bank, mm-hmm. um, as well as a, a string of others. And 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 equally as important, the McKeesport neighborhood, the individuals and the groups yeah. that call you know call call McKeesport and the surrounding area home. We have lots of churches and. Uh, other social groups that work directly with our team out in Keysport to actually volunteer and yeah. help us directly make the repairs. How, ma- how many houses? Ground. How many houses have you worked on in Keysport? Round numbers, not. Oh, I, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's it's at least fifty now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and and I expect we'll do uh, you know a number more. We, we these are multi-year kind of yeah. um, engagements for us. Uh, because you know, housing repair, home repair. If anybody owns their home <laughs> and has ever had a contractor, um, that's it quick sometimes, forever. especially on yeah. an older house. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. takes forever. Um, it's complicated, and and it is complicated by you know a lot of the homes we work on. Um, you know that each one is special and unique, and the homeowners and the folks who live in those houses are special and unique. Yeah. And, um, are sometimes in uh, economic sure. uh, distress. Uh, are oftentimes uh, the you know have experienced years or generations of trauma mm-hmm. uh, associated with their you know their their low income status or their poverty. Um, and so it takes a special care, and it takes a human sort yeah. of first uh, kind of relationship with each homeowner to make these repairs work. Uh, tell us about Clareton. When did you uh, start doing work with uh, homeowners in Clareton? Uh, Clareton, it's been, uh, we're coming into year three now uh-huh. um, uh, in Clareton, and it was really an evolution of our work in Keysport. Okay. Um, you know, those communities are closely related mm-hmm. and have a lot of similar, a lot of similar um, opportunities for improvement. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Mon Valley Initiative actually mm-hmm. were the folks who reached out to us in that situation and uh, Laura said, you know, hey, we, we, we need, we want to see about helping some homeowners here as part of their broader community development effort. You know, they're doing lots of different activities mm-hmm. uh, in Clareton and they see home repair for existing homeowners as part of that puzzle. Sure. And so uh, thanks to Mon Valley Initiative and uh, again, uh, the Department of Community and Economic Development and all the various corporations that support those programs out there, we've been able to do I think we maybe hit our 20th home in Clareton okay. recently. Congratulations. Um, so, yeah, so we're starting to sort of stack up uh, critical mass in that community as well. And now your your, your newest opportunity is in Duquesne. Um, who invited mm-hmm. uh, or how did you partner with the folks in Duquesne? Yeah, so uh, it, this is great. This is a great example of sort of the different kinds of ways we find ourselves working with neighborhoods. Um you know, the mayor's office in the Keysport, a community development group like the Mon Valley Initiative in Clareton. And in Duquesne, it was a foundation. It okay. was uh, the Jefferson Regional Foundation and Mary Frank Gruber, who, um, you know, they have a, a strong interest in that entire Mon Valley area. And, um, you know, Duquesne is, again, same kind of issues in their housing stock and their home ownership. And so, um, you know, the, that foundation funded us to do some community outreach, and we've been talking to uh, community members and officials there for the last year, and uh, we're about to start our first project. If somebody is hearing this, and let, let's start first, because we're just about out of time. If they're a homeowner, and they, they live in Allegheny County, and you, you said a lot of the homeowners that you help are, are seniors, 
how do they reach out to you? What's what's the first step? Uh, the first step is uh, hitting our website, uh-huh. uh, rtpittsburgh.org, or giving us a phone call at 412-247-2700, um, and we'll get uh, an interest form out to you, okay. uh, and which will ask you a series of questions uh, that helps sort of helps us understand your need, your qualifications. Um, and from there, uh, we, we get in touch when we have the opportunity. Now you mentioned you are a nonprofit. Do you need help from the public and do you need help in the form of, uh, volunteer hours or in the form of, uh, monetary donations or both? Yes. All of those things. Um, so yeah, so we are a nonprofit. I just looked at a report this week, um, for the past five years, uh, we've done something like $18 million worth of work. Wow. And, but our, and we have made zero dollars. <laughs> uh, we, we, um, our, our, the margins in this work is incredibly thin. Yeah. Sure. Um, and one of the things that we desperately need is help, you know, help with you know, continuing this effort. So whether that's you are, you represent a company or a church with a little bit of money and the desire to come and volunteer and help us, um, please give us a call. Um, or or visit our website. Alan, thank you for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening this week to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. On Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport PA, 15134. You can email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Thank you.